The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, welcome to our second call on the Code of Conduct Policy and Procedure Revisions. I'm Deb Cook-Lewis, and um, I've been sort of facilitating the group of people working on this. I will tell you, if you ever get yourself set up with a ACB um, uh, ad hoc committee, make sure it's not full of lawyers. But anyway, it's all good. Um, joining me so far this evening is um, Mitch Pomerantz, who will be uh, chairing the uh, Code of Conduct panel um, that will be formed after the policy um, with whatever revisions are still made um, is adopted. And we do have other members of the committee, uh, Chris Bell, Jeff Tom, and David Trott, who are not at the moment with us, but might join. And if they do, um, we'll I'll try to get them up here as well. But otherwise, um, Mitch and I will uh, take your comments and your uh, questions and your whatever. Um, just by way of a very brief introduction to the topic, some of you may have um, been uh, either with us on the call on Saturday and so this is review. Um, but uh, basically, uh, ACB adopted, the board adopted a code of conduct policy in April of 2021, and it adopted interim procedures um, for implementing that policy after having had a number of experiences with um, managing some code of conduct uh, complaints. Uh, we were um, able to adopt some uh, interim procedures at the July 2022 board meeting. Um, we thought that it would be helpful. There was a, a pretty good consensus that it would be helpful to perhaps elaborate on those a little bit and spell out a little more detail, um, including uh, some time frames and some other particulars. And so you now have the draft um, policy and procedures uh, that we are currently circulating. The only changes that were made in the policy itself relate to um, the, in the original policy, um, it is the president and the executive director or the event coordinator, um, if, if it's such, um, that would be receiving um, a complaint. And uh, we have attempted to neutralize that by uh, having those go directly to um, the human resource specialist on staff and then managed to the code of conduct uh, panel, which would be appointed by the board. I'm sorry, appointed by the president um, and um, and basically would be um, an, an ongoing panel that would uh, do this. In this particular policy, um, draft that you've been looking at, we specified three people to be appointed to that panel. It has been suggested, suggested and I believe we will undoubtedly uh, strongly consider um, at making that a slightly larger panel to five so that uh, there would be the ability to choose who would uh, hear a particular grievance 
uh, based on um, the least amount of conflict of interest and and other factors that might be there. So that's a change um, that has been recommended that we are likely to take. Uh, some others have been um, discussed, but haven't really been worked through with the group. But um, I think there was some sense that it might be might be helpful. So we'll be looking at all that. Um, our process, just to wrap that discussion up, is that we are taking um, written comments. I have received several written comments. Um, I have shared those in sort of a total uh, with the rest of the committee and we'll share them in more detail when we've completed that. And then we have these two calls where we are taking um, comment and I will have summarized all of that. And the committee will review all that and will propose any additional recommendations related to the policy. Um, the comment period closes on the 7th, so that is this week on Friday, and then we will scramble to get any revisions um, into the document and get that out to the board on the 14th, and then the board will have this on their agenda for October 22nd for the meeting in Schaumburg. Uh, Mitch, did I miss anything? Is there anything you'd like to add to that? You did an excellent job of uh, of summarizing a great deal of uh, hard work on the part of the committee and and your involvement as uh, as final scribe. So I think you've covered everything pretty well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think what we'll do um, uh, we have. Um, we have assistance from uh, Belinda Collins here in Zoom and Cindy Hollis in um, Clubhouse. So we do have uh, people in both groups. And let's go ahead and see if there are any uh, questions or comments. Um, and, and if we don't get some, we've got a few things we can say, and we could have a really short meeting. But, um, but let's see if we have some questions. Uh, write off questions or comments that people would like to um, in either Zoom or in Clubhouse? We, uh, yes, we have Amber. All right. Hello. Hello. Um, this is Amber Steet. Um, let's see. I really like what you guys are doing. I think a document like this is absolutely necessary. But um, there was a, let's see, the, the investigation part. It says, um, mm -hmm. you know, that there'll be a formal investigation launched. I think it should be stated in there that um, if it comes up that any kind of violation in question may be due to a medical issue, that, that, that um, not only does it need to be, you know, proof need to be requested from a physician, but um, if that does get mentioned, as evidence or mitigating factors for an investigation that the medical issue, you know, that that needs to be, you know, in, in the summary of any kind of resolution that, okay, it was mentioned that such and such on such and such date was due to a medical issue. We investigated, this is what we found. Also, I've had a question come up that um, since a new code of conduct is being um, evaluated and written up, Will any records of any issues that transpired during the interim procedures, will those records be sealed? 
Well, all records expunged. are sealed. If they won't be expunged if they've been found. Um, so mm -hmm. if if a finding has been made, but um, uh, but basically, probably what we need to state as we transition, because the old policy did not have any expiration term on any records. So I certainly think it would make sense to um, to possibly set some. They'll have to see what the committee says, but to set up an arrangement where the, any records that exist would come under the same guidance as the new records. But, um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of findings. You know, most of our code of conduct things are pretty mild things um, mm -hmm. that, that really we are hoping uh, will primarily in the future be resolved through conflict resolution rather than mm -hmm. any formal investigation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to your me, first point about, oh, go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, I understand where you're coming from, Amber. The problem is... Mm -hmm. Uh, if we ask for uh, some kind of verification, it might take as long or even longer than if we just, um, you know, took the individual's word on good faith and agreed upon, let's say, an additional 15 days. Um, right. I, I, I sure. just think that I just think that that trying to to go to that. Uh, amount of effort is is going to take yeah. a whole lot longer than just giving them a uh, you know a, a two week or three week delay or whatever it might entail yeah if a party is asking for additional time as long as you as long as it doesn't appear to be sabotage i think yeah. right you know, yeah i'm just saying that if they say hey you know, such and such happened because of a medical oh. a medical issue. Then that right. ought, then proof right. of that. Well, we still be, would not yeah. be able to have mm -hmm. the behavior. So even though right. it's a medical issue, you might take mm -hmm. that into consideration, but mm -hmm. you still cannot have the behavior. So right. Um, yeah, and the piece, and right. and I think when we included this, or when this was part of the original code of conduct, I think it it really revolved around someone wanting a delay because mm -hmm. of a medical issue, not using it as a rationale slash excuse for the behavior. For right. The behavior. right. So, yeah, you might understand when you do an investigation, there may be all kinds of mitigating circumstances that contribute mm -hmm. to something. And, and you, it might be appropriate to note those or it might not. I mean, I think that has to, that's a judgment. Um, but what right. I think, what I think you can't do is you can't say, even though you may appreciate what caused the problem um, and, and the person is working to mitigate that, it still doesn't make whatever happened necessarily okay. Um, right. You know, so without knowing what our circumstance is, you know, it's difficult to speculate that, right? But, right. but I think we want to be kind of careful um, not to try to justify activity, but rather to to simply hold to what's appropriate and um, and if certain things are not okay and, and if the person is doing something to mitigate that, future happening, you know, um, that's, mm -hmm. that's probably something that you might learn and you might mm -hmm. take into consideration. 
Mm -hmm. um, as I said, that's not been the nature of most of our complaints. The Most of the complaints we have received since we adopted the Code of Conduct have related to uh, email skirmishes and in-person sort of skirmishes on, on the nature of interpersonal stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's not that we wouldn't or couldn't have something major. Uh, Mitch shared on Saturday when, when we chatted that during his administration as president, they did in fact have a couple of major issues, right? So it's you can, but most of what mm -hmm. we're dealing with are really interpersonal things that I think have been really exacerbated by kind of people's isolation in the pandemic or something else. Just like in our country, you know, as we have a lot of sort of unrest politically and a lot of kind of intolerance of each other more than mm -hmm. we've ever had maybe before. And I'm mm -hmm. not trying to judge. I'm just trying to say that's what I observe. Um, right. Yeah. Well, we're seeing an ACB too. So um, we okay. we want to we want to try to provide ways for that to be reduced and de-escalated. And then if there is a really serious thing that happens, regardless of what the cause was, I mean, whether it was intentional or medically caused or totally an accident or whatever, it can be found in an investigation, but, but the issue still needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then could you please clarify the appeals process for if mm -hmm. somebody wanted to appeal because um, mm -hmm. it, um, it it's not clear. Is it like some kind of board meeting they have to go no, to? No. So exactly the, the, the president the will appoint an additional <coughs> board, additional mm -hmm. panel of, of board mm -hmm. members. from So people from the board who will hear any appeals and will re respond to those. Um, then, you know, constitutionally, you know, um, after beyond that, um, a person, you know, could could take it to the membership, but basically, um, we've not had any go this far. But if if one mm -hmm. did, you know, so you don't like the decision at all, um, you want to appeal it. Um, we wanted to create a way in, inside the organization without having to go to the membership for that. Okay. We wanted to create it so that we could continue to keep confidentiality. I mean, that was right, really right. a lot of it is so, we're still keeping it um, into a fairly small circle. So it is a board appointed subgroup that would be hearing the appeals. Okay, that makes sense. And so this is something mm -hmm. that with the new code of conduct coming, this is something that's going to be kept from the interim procedures. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, well, it was not really in the interim procedures. Um, okay. This is in the this is in the new code, but this was actually okay. not clear, totally clear in the. Mm -hmm. um, but the intent was there. Uh, we didn't change yes. any of the intent of the interim uh, procedures. Um, they were very well thought out. Um, right. So we, but what we did try to do was make them a little easier to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Makes Great. sense. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And Deb, if I could jump in. Yes. Uh, just, I want to let people know in Clubhouse, if you would like to ask a question or make a statement, please feel free to request to be brought on stage. Thank you. Great. All right. And, and so we'll take one more in Zoom and then we'll check back and see if anybody's done that with uh, the Clubhouse. All right. Great. Next up is John McCann. Okay. Hello. I'm Hi. Not a stranger to any of you guys. And, uh -uh. um, 
previous comments about the participation of lawyers notwithstanding. <laughs> Here you are, yes. And, okay. and I'm saying that with a smile on my face, just so that all are clear. Um, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, my, my hat's off to all the work that's been done. It's tedious, it's technical, and it really does require the participation of lawyers. And I had pretty much promised myself that I'd stand down but I took another look at the policy, and mm-hmm. so I'll just offer, well, I will follow this up in an email, but Great. <clears throat> I'm very clear, and I'm glad you mentioned it, that the nature of what you've dealt with since instituting this policy has pretty much been, for the most part, as, as near as I can tell, and people have communicated with me, and I'll say no more about that, but uh, this has been like email blow-ups, mm-hmm. and so I think jurisdictionally at the outset of the policy where you talk about events you should probably say events and forums and then define events as you define them and then talk about forums being email lists where particular considerations will be in play as discussed infra i probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. say infra it sounds too illegal but that does yes you you do (laughs) talk about the mm-hmm. particulars of email lists. And I think that's where the bulk of the problems yes. lie. And so I how think would you describe that differently, that. John, than how it is? Because we do actually talk about it up there. I mean, we include them. So um, we include them, but in that's more in the procedures. Okay. The, so yeah. In the policy itself, I think you should make it a little clear. more clarification there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. More clear just to, yeah. I mean, it would be hyper-technical, and I, and I don't think it would play well for somebody, somebody to raise a quasi-jurisdictional argument mm-hmm. that the policy or the particulars of the policy do not apply because it happened on an email list when the procedures clearly contemplate that emails are involved, what, that mm-hmm. emails are the, the, the okay. crucible in which yes. the, uh, is the environment, let's say mm-hmm. that, in mm-hmm. which the misconduct okay. occurred. And of course, you have the particular wrinkle of, um, you know, events don't have moderators. I mean, for the most part, when we talk about events and blessedly the likelihood of misconduct occurring, I think has been materially decreased by policies that have been put in place vis-a-vis mixers and things of that nature. I think you've taken a good swipe at the issue by basically um, having them, basically they're alcohol free, what people do on their mm-hmm. own, if they drink on their own, if they commune by mm-hmm. their own, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, and I'm sure that that was uh, the result right. of conversations you had with your insurance carrier, but again, I'll mm-hmm. say no more. Well, um, every event does have, um, whether it's a mixer or uh, has a, a sponsor or a, it belongs to someone. And I, and I, and so we, they all do have, even even if they're they're all sponsored by something. And I've kind of looked through the the things that we might call events, whether they were in person or virtual or whatever's over the last you know year or two since we've been kind of in this environment. And I would say they all do have somebody attached to them. Now the difficulty, of course, is you may not know who it is, and that's why I'm not. I think it's good if you can let the event coordinator know that this happened because they may have remedies um, available to you without even doing anything else. But the other problem is that you may not know who that is. So centrally, if we have people file, um, we create better confidentiality, but we also, um, you know, send it right out to the people who are expecting to be able to to do something. Yeah, but I think an event, an event sponsor, Mm -hmm. 
may be different. I don't know. I haven't really mm-hmm. thought about it. may be different than an email moderator. Um, email moderator. Moderators usually have their own guidelines and maybe mm-hmm. we need to cross-reference to this policy. I don't right. know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. A, well, we'll look at all of that because I think that's a good, we want to be as clear about any of that as possible. And if you've got something you want to send in to, that'd be great. But I've got notes here um, as well. And I think that's great. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah. maybe it's more technical than it needs to be. I don't know. I, I would just submit my comments and see what, yes, you, know, thank you. See what no. you guys think about it. But uh, yeah. I really want to get to the heart of the, you know, the bulk of the problems. I, I do think it was good for you to allow somebody of, to, of a support nature to come mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Um, and, and define that role. I was mm-hmm. had mixed you know, feelings about that, but there's a lot here. It's unfortunate that we live in a world that, mm-hmm. that requires this level of bureaucracy and and uh, policy making but but that's the world we're living in and and, and yeah I, I think you yeah. did a good job with it so okay. great i think thank that's you. all i got amazingly yeah. enough <laughs> well thank you yeah no send that in because i i i wanted i definitely and i know the committee does want to be as clear about any of this mm-hmm. as we can yeah absolutely okay. uh, let's check clubhouse do we have anything in clubhouse not so far all right then, uh, Mitch, any comments on on um, uh, John's comments before we take another hand? No, I'd like to see. Uh, you know, I'd like to look at it. I, I am, <laughs> as chair, I am. I am really hopeful that most of the uh, the matters that come before us or that come up uh, do deal with with. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the situations where where you know list rules would prevail uh-huh. or uh, conflict resolution can be uh, uh-huh. can be agreed to because these these are or these potentially uh, can be very very emotionally draining uh-huh. uh, issues. Um, having investigated discrimination complaints from my employer at one time. They they are really difficult, and uh, so it's always our goal to resolve matters as quickly as possible, but also uh, in a way that will at least make mm-hmm. both parties okay with the outcome, and and hopefully uh, make people uh, realize that the process does work. We want people to have confidence in the process that we put together. So, uh, you know, we'll take a look obviously at, at what John has yep. contemplating, but, uh, you know, I think, I think that for the most part, uh, we've tried to address most of the likely, um, circumstances that could come up and, and how we would deal with them. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go on for another hand. Hey, next up, Jamaica. Yes, this is Jamaica. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. My question is about the um, about the about a little bit of the processes for this. About the about the trying to figure out um, if if someone did a complaint, would mm-hmm. they would they would they be able to do it by 
by telephone or would we always have to do complaints through? No, it says there's a telephone number there that's listed. Okay. And that would be the phone number that you would call and you would reach a voicemail. Okay. And you would uh, give that voicemail uh, some basic information. It You may not be able to get through your whole thing, but you could say that you'd like to to file one. And then someone from the office in that case would call you and um, would be the human resources person. And they would take down your complaint for you if you're not able to email it in. And you would, um, and they would, because we need it in writing ultimately. But if you're not able to get it that way, uh, we can help you do that. So um, you, but there is a phone number that's listed in the procedures. And I was told that that's the right one, but I'm going to be making sure before we publish. Um, But the intent is that there is both a phone number and an email address. Thank you very much. That's mm-hmm. all I needed to Good know. question. Yeah, very important question. All right. Uh, anything in Clubhouse yet? No, ma'am. Okay, let's take oh, another. We do have people here. Just no, yeah, yes, yeah. They're just not. Yeah, that's cool. Glad to have you. All right. This is my first time to have an event with Clubhouse in it. So, hey, cool. All right. Let's do another hand. All right. Uh, Patty. Patty. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, in the paragraph that says any person who believes that he or she has experienced or witnessed behavior prohibited by this policy must promptly report the conduct in accordance with the code of conduct policy. Mm-hmm. I think the word must is, is it needs to be changed. I, I don't know to what, but um, an example would be, we have a lot of new people, so we're at a convention, uh, and someone touches somebody, rubs their back, you don't know, uh, I see them, I don't know who they are, I don't know if they're a couple, I, I, you, you know, only report I, what you see that looks like it's a, an actual problem, Patty. So, I mean, if it looks like a problem, the person is trying to get away um, and you're in a public setting that you might want to let someone know that you at least observed that. And even if you don't know who it was, someone else might. But if you don't think if you don't know or you don't think it's a problem or, it, you know, then don't worry about it. Right. I mean, okay. we're only talking about things you see that clearly look to you like somebody is at risk. I, I, I just think that that's uh, the word must is, a, okay. is it's sure. very harsh. OK. All right. Yeah. Thank well, you. Let me let me let me jump in here too, Patty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem the problem is that. Uh, well, there are two, really. Uh, the first thing is the reason we're, we're saying it the way we, we're saying it is we, we know that people, the longer you, you let things percolate, um, you know, we're all, we're all subject to, to our memories failing, not being as uh, accurate as if you report something immediately. Um, most state and federal discrimination law uh, requires you to report what you 
perceive as a as an illegal activity uh, of this kind within a particular time frame. Um, you know, we, they don't want you to come back a year or two later after talking to your friends right. and deciding, oh, well, maybe I was uh, whatever. Um, and, and the other thing about third parties, and I think this is what you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, law enforcement and anybody else who works in, in an arena where, where there is the potential for, for complaints or, or problems will tell you that the worst people in the world to, <laughs> to have to deal with are eyewitnesses. You can have eyewitnesses, you can have three eyewitnesses see something, and because they, we all do it, it's not one person, everybody does it, they have three different interpretations. So, you know, with regard to, I think, what you're talking about, an eyewitness mm-hmm. kind of thing, folks need to be really, really careful. And, and you know, my advice is if you saw something that you think is over the line, that you need to, to maybe take that person aside and say, you know, I just saw something happen to you. Um, I'm concerned. Was that okay? Did you have a a problem? Was that a long lost friend, somebody you haven't seen in five years? Um, rather than just going, because we've had those instances. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. I've I've seen it, where where someone a third party w- wants to be a good Samaritan, and it it and it makes more it makes more of a problem than right. than had they right. gone and talked to the person. So sure. those yeah, are my yeah. thoughts. It, even if it is, even if it is a person who can't see, but hears, somebody sure. says, "Let's go up to my room." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there's timid people out there, um, and and maybe that's something ACB needs to look at. And you know, mm-hmm. maybe have a call. Here's here's what you need to do if this happens sure. to you. Right. Right. Um, but I just think the word "must" was right. very harsh. Okay. And. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe making that, you mm-hmm. know, that if that you would take a procedure of maybe talking to them. Sometimes people don't want to talk about it. Right. Um, you know. Well, and maybe they, we want to couch that in, in being a more extreme situation because, you know, if you're not, if you really, really don't know, then you're probably not going to report it. But if you see something happening that's clearly... um clearly out of line. I think about often like when you think about a person who maybe is, um, you know, when you're thinking about children, we don't really have children in the organization, but that's a really good example of, you know, where where you have this or people with maybe um, intellectual disabilities or something, you know, who, who don't realize that they're necessarily being taken advantage of or, um, yeah, there just could be things. And it doesn't mean that you're accusing anyone. You're just alerting someone to the fact that you, you know, have seen something that might come up to be a, a situation later, but we, we will look at the wording and see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Anything going on in clubhouse over there? Nope, but I'll just chime in when there is yeah. a house. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks. Okay. Right. 
Let's take another hand. Is uh, sorry about that. Next up is Dan. All right. Actually, Hello. sorry, it was yeah. I had Terry first, but yeah, let's uh, do Dan. Okay. I guess my question is, and I, I probably missed out on on the, the whole procedure, but does this would include like the state and local? No, that's a really good question, Dan. Thank you for that. So it does clearly state, but we have actually had some feedback that we might need to figure out how to even state it more clearly, um, that this is about things at the national level. And some of the written comments that we have received have been about uh, state and local um, and special affiliate, um, you know, a special interest affiliate um, issues. So not just geographic. And so this, you know, ACB does not have jurisdiction over uh, state affiliates and special interest affiliates and, and local chapters. Um, so we're talking about um, ACB events or an example uh, where there might be a little bit of gray crossover um, if we send someone uh, ACB sends someone to present at your local event and there's a concern that 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 could be an ACB event but really your your local events are your own events so we did meet with um, Jeff Tom and I met with the affiliate presidents the other day and had a great turnout of them and um, and a number of them are thinking about adopting um, a version of this that would be appropriate to their to their affiliates. So in other words, you you don't want to just say we follow the ACB's policy because it really talks about ACB, but you could take yeah. that and adapt it. And and uh, I think we offered that we would be glad to help people do it, um, adapt it to to their own affiliate as needed. So. Um, that is a great question, and it does not apply to your affiliate or to your chapter directly. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Who did you have, Terry? You had Terry. Yes, Terry is next. Go ahead, Terry. Thanks, Tim. Uh, ironically, I had raised my hand for a couple of issues. One is totally aside, um, I've heard from two people so far that the stream may be, may be down on Media 6 right now. Uh, but the a really ironic thing is Patty brought up something that I wanted to ask people to give us some more input on, and that is the issue of the word must in there. Um, because I think Mitch made a very good, uh, unintentionally perhaps, mm -hmm. made a very good uh, justification for why it shouldn't be in there. Um, it's just my feeling on it because it's it's not saying that you can go to the person and say, was this a problem for you? It's saying that you must file the complaint. And if you don't, someone else that knows that you saw it can also file a complaint. It's a can of worms 
in my estimation, that I think we really need to look whether we want to open that can or not. Okay. And um, but I would really like very much, as a member of the board, to hear um, other people's rea- uh, comments on that particular subject. I think I, I thank Patty for having brought it up. And that's all I want to say. Well, we will we will look into it. And I actually want to hear whatever comments. We don't need to get a lot of feedback on anyone. We're treating them all equally. So if someone does have a, a different thing to express about that one, then absolutely. But we don't really need to take a poll on it because we, we're already going to consider it. And um, so... Deb, could I, I'd like to ask Terry a yeah. question, though. Yeah. Actually... Terry, yeah. Terry what... I guess it's a two-parter. One, what what would the language be? And if we changed it to, you know, recommends or should or whatever, would you be okay with someone deciding a year later to file a complaint? I mean, at some point, I think we need to have a a line. So, Mitch, I, I don't think that's what question. she's talking about. I think she's okay. talking about whether she should, and help me, Terry, if I'm not correct, but I believe that what Terry is talking about is whether she should file it at all. Um, it's the word must. It's not about whether, if if you think you need to do it, then I, I, yeah. I didn't hear a question of timeliness. What I heard a question was of was, do I have enough information to even do it? And because I've seen something, should I, at what level should I be expected to do that? Yeah, it is, it is, yeah. it, it is, a, a, is the old expression, a two-edged sword. I'm just not sure there's a, a good way to deal with it. But you know, right. as, as Deb said, we'll, we'll be kicking it around when we, when we meet. Yes, we will. Because, that's one of the things that we are not really addressing in this that I see is what does, what does rise to what level? And, you know, perhaps if we had that, something about that in there, then the must would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. The way it is now. That's why I just, I'm not asking for a poll or anything. I just have a particular interest in uh, Mm -hmm. coming up with the best decision on passing or not passing this thing. And I think that that's one of the very basic issues of it okay. is that whole issue of must. Okay, great. And, we, and we've got that captured and I just checked and we're streaming fine, at least right now. So- oh, All right, great. Yeah, there may be, there, there is the, always the potential of intermittency, especially when, if we've got storms out there anywhere, but while, while you were talking, I multitasked and checked. All right. Um, it looks like Greg. Is Greg next? Yes, Greg's next. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, Hello. Um, so my concern is, and it's already been addressed, but I just need to address it again. Mm-hmm. It seems like there could be a lot of gray areas, as, and I know each ACB doesn't govern you know, affiliates per se, but I'm thinking of an incident that this summer, and I'm not going to go into details, but where um, we had an affiliate issue at the convention that we had to, that the national, um, you know, uh, 
you know, national ACB had to be involved. If this so was at the convention, just, right, Greg? This was at the convention. Okay, so then that automatically makes it a national event. Okay, but that, it just seems like uh, it just, uh, yeah, if we could yeah, just But if it was at clarity. your state convention, it would not be. Yeah, well, the, this was also a, you know, national special interest affiliate. Right, but so. pretend they had a state convention. I know they don't usually, right. but yeah, right. but I'm just saying, if you have another meeting that is related to your, I mean, Sagebrush, for example, they have a, it's not a state convention, but it's something that's not at our national convention. Um, and, and, and they have, they could have something happen and that will be up to them to deal with. But if your event, if your situation occurred at the national convention, even if it was inside your affiliate event in the convention, it's still part of the national convention. So. And then my, my second question is, does this go then? Um, do these violations or complaints go to the board or no. to the staff? Or? No. So the if you read the procedures, you will see that when you file the complaint, um, it it at first goes. Um, it, it there is one staff person who is seeing it, and that is the human resource specialist, and then it goes to the committee. Um, that is appointed by the president, which currently is set up as a committee of three, and it has been strongly encouraged that we make it five so that you could choose three of the five, um, you know, and have some flexibility in who does it. And those people would basically offer the um, will will basically offer uh, uh, the um, the individuals involved, the opportunity for uh, conflict resolution, because we know that many of the events can be resolved through conflict resolution. And so um, there will be uh, there would be two people involved in helping that so that there's, you know, sort of integrity of the process in conflict resolution. We have set it up that there are no, no good guys, no bad guys. So no consequences. It's basically that the parties agree on what the outcome should be. That might typically be an apology or it might be uh, some other um, action, but it certainly ought to include ceasing and desisting the behavior if if there's been agreed that there's been a behavior. Um, so if that breaks down or if the other parties refuse to do it or that process breaks down and, and just we can't get you to the table mm. together to agree, then it is possible then that you could request to go to an actual investigation, in which case the code of conduct panel will do that. But it does not go to the board. It does not go to the president. It does not go to people in the office. Um, and it stays within that group. And the only thing that we would receive is aggregate information about that these things are happening, but not not that level of detail. And then if the person, if a decision is made in that case, a decision will be made. So in the case that you've gone to an investigation, there is an outcome of an investigation of some kind. And that outcome could be pretty minor. Most of them have been, but if it's more major, it is. So it's what it is. And then there is the opportunity to, to appeal 
And um, that is where then three individuals from the board are engaged in hearing that appeal, but it never goes to the whole board. It never goes outside. We try to keep as few people involved as possible. Um, there have been interests and concerns about, you know, confidentiality and how confidentiality is kept. And my observation in this year and a half has been that most of the talking if maybe all of it, has been from people who are themselves filing the complaint, talking to people to kind of try to get their support for their cause. And so when you start talking, uh, confidentiality reduces immediately. Um, but if you don't, then we are trying very, very hard to keep as few people as possible and at as high a level as possible um, involved. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And let's see, it looks like we have Matt. Is Matt next? No, it's uh, area code 215. Oh, okay. Hi, good evening, everybody. This is Pam Shaw. Hello. Hey, Pam. Hey, hey. All right. So my question is being asked on the behalf of several people who have been writing in with this concern. Mm -hmm. Is there room in the code of conduct for consideration when the misconduct is seen to be the result of a mental health condition and or an intellectual disability. So this question was kind of asked by somebody um, earlier when we started. I know, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah it's basically the same question, though. And the answer okay. is that you cannot have conduct that that is inappropriate regardless of the reason. Um, what the consequence may be or how that may be resolved might be different in different conditions, especially if somebody is in the process of getting treatment or help or, you know, really trying to resolve their issues and something happens, you know. Um, so there are a lot of circumstances, but just to say that because somebody has a physical or mental condition that, you know, perpetrated the conduct doesn't mean that they would be off the hook. Okay. So this question then therein um, lies the difference because I guess mm -hmm. the question mm -hmm. is um, there are some situations mm -hmm. where the inappropriate behavior is absolutely the result. And the request is not to um, excuse it or right. to say that it's okay because, but the question right. is more how does the um, – code of conduct address the needs of people who are living with mental health conditions that do affect their behavior. And I don't think it does. Okay. I don't okay. think it that, does specifically. Okay. Um, exactly. I, I don't think it specifically addresses any reason for the behavior. It addresses the behavior. Now, what I would say is that if you got to something that, that went to an investigation um, mm -hmm. And it might be good if it did in this case, because then you'd be able to talk to people at the at the person's choice of people who who are aware, in addition to talking to the person themselves, of course. True. But you might True. be able to talk to people who are able to provide evidence about, you know, sort of the situation. However, I don't know if it makes a difference in the end because you can't have the behavior. So we're, I know you're not asking that it be excused, but mm -hmm. it may not, it, it, you may decide that you're not punishing it for sure. 
um, you know, that would probably be appropriate. You know, you, you're not going to punish this, but what are you going to do to try to resolve right. the fact that it's happening? Um, and and, and, and to know. go beyond that, Pam, <laughs> there, there, yeah. there are people in our organization, obviously, who are mental health professionals or who mm-hmm. are, are knowledgeable about folks with, with intellectual or developmental mm-hmm. disabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Problem, the problem is, uh, we're we're not those experts, right. and so uh, how are we going to know? So we 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 really have to f- focus on the on the behavior, perhaps. Well, the investigation during, could give you some. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. Perhaps during uh, conflict resolution mm-hmm. discussions, someone will make an admission, or you know, someone might say, "I have an anger management issue. I'm getting treated mm-hmm. for it. Whatever." Right. Or yeah. as Deb says, during the investigation, but but it's not going to be apparent at the outset, and we're not we're not going to you know judge and say, right. "Well, this person has." you know, an issue with, right. with their mental health or whatever. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And and yeah, how I, you I, might I, resolve I'm, it might be different in that case for sure. Right. Right. Because I do appreciate the discussion because I think as time yeah. goes mm-hmm. on, it may be something that we do have to take a deeper mm-hmm. dive. We're going to mm-hmm. need to take a deeper dive mm-hmm. because, for mm-hmm. example, there are some people with intellectual disabilities, sure. and I've seen this in our organization, mm-hmm. who even their language Mm-hmm. may at first glance appear offensive, mm-hmm. but it's the filters that mm-hmm. are right. actually um, the real issue at here, and right. can they handle it, and what can we expect? Right. But How again, can we I'm help them do to, differently? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so right. I'm glad to hear that you're open oh, to at yeah. least giving that some consideration. Yeah, and I would think so that you. as you work with the end, rather than at the policy and procedural level, uh, I think it's better to really try to think about that as we get to the individual case, you know, and say, okay, Okay, so here is what we have. It isn't even that the person is sorry. They're deeply sorry, perhaps, but it's going to happen again if we don't figure out how to remediate the thing that that put them in the position that, to make them want to do that in the first place. So well, is that about that training? Way, we're going to need yeah. to talk more. We're going yeah. to need to talk more. Yeah, Th- absolutely. That's just, thank you for that yeah. open, yeah. Um, being open absolutely. minded. Thanks absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Bye. Let's okay, see. Thank you. Got I some more? is Matt. Matt. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll try to be real brief and quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the process piece, mm-hmm. I see there's an option to orient folks towards uh, conflict discussion, we'll just say, because I don't have mm-hmm. a good term for it. Mm-hmm. It seems like, though, if both if either or both parties decline that that it goes to an investigation mm-hmm. has there been consideration of an intermediate step of the code of conduct committee making a determination if the incident deserves investigation well and sure oh sorry one more question then i'll, mm-hmm. then I'll shut yeah, up yeah go ahead have, have you considered trying to define behavior or um, give examples of options of disciplinary action or, or what have you? We haven't really, we haven't really 
given too many options in terms of we and we haven't really given any options right now in terms of disciplinary action i think the one item we might want to add is to indicate that the disciplinary action needs to be kind of in line with what the offense was so for example if we're really talking about you know we use the email example because it's really simple and it happens a lot frankly um you know, the the thing you usually do is withdraw people from the list for a while or some other similar thing. It's not very punitive and it isn't long lasting. And you hope that it changes things. Obviously, if something were to escalate um, and they, you know, it came back and kept happening and you have recurrences, you might actually get it into an investigation and there could be all kinds of issues around it then, you know. But, um, you know, I think I think that um, it's difficult without an investigation to be able to tell people whether their item has merit. That just becomes your personal opinion. So I think what we have said is if the parties um, refuse to do that, then we would certainly, then the next step would be to talk to both parties and in, in the investigative way. And you might not call a bunch of witnesses if there aren't any or it doesn't need it. Or again, let's use the email example. The email itself becomes the witness, um, you know, but but if it's something else, you might have some or not, but it can go pretty fast. So um, I think, though, it, it seemed to us in the discussion that it would be difficult for people to be able to make the judgment that your item doesn't deserve investigating. Um, it may not deserve any big follow through and it may not deserve ultimately any punishment. We have had code of conduct where there's been no finding after an investigation. Um, and and but, let me, um, let me, let me add to that a couple of things. One code of conduct and, and the little research I've done just on that terminology usually means that for a particular violation there is a particular consequence. Um, there really isn't uh, per se with, with what we've done because, and we've talked about it, uh, we are limited uh, in terms of, of, and I'm using the word consequence rather than punishment, mm -hmm. we are limited by our constitution and bylaws as to what what consequences we can impose so um it's we, pretty we short-term stuff yeah yeah we can only do that which we're permitted to do without uh amending our governing document so um mm -hmm. well that's that's what i'd yeah. say on that yeah yeah but if you have additional kind of thoughts <clears throat> or ways we ought to consider that um, by all means, send them in because, you know, we certainly want to consider any any possibility. And that is true of any of the commenters. Um, you know, we're recording everything that you're suggesting to us um, and um, we'll definitely look at all the issues that are raised. But if there's anything that any of you want to add to what you've said, um, feel free to uh, send that in and we will add it to the mix. Do we have any more hands? I don't see no, any hands. Do, and no hands in Clubhouse? All right. Then, you know, I think we we are about wrapped up. Um, 
I'll start some closing remarks. And if another hand comes up, we'll take it. And otherwise, we will be wrapped up. Um, but I really want to thank you all for coming. It's been a good discussion. And um, we have definitely um, collected your comments and those that have come in in writing as well. We've had several. And um, I appreciate all that. Um, I've, we're also, I think, open to feedback over time about is this a good process? Because um, the board does not actually um, directly uh, develop a lot of policy. A lot of things come to us from subgroups of ACB. But when the board is directly developing um, policy, we do want to find ways to uh, get more input. And so um, uh, if, if you like this process, that feedback is also um, really helpful to us because um, it's, I, think it's, I think it's been good, but um, if it meets people's needs, that, that's really helpful. Um, so I wanna thank Mitch for coming today and I wanna thank the gang for coming uh, last Saturday and collecting all of that good data. And um, I thank all of you um, I thank uh, Nikki and uh, Cindy and um, uh, Belinda for helping us out tonight with all the pieces of our connectivity. And that's all appreciated very much. And Jane. And Jane. I forgot about Jane because she's a quiet back there. Yes, yes. Connecting us up to the clubhouse yes. so we could be there at all. Yes. yes. <laughs> very important yes. piece. So I appreciate all of you. Um, and is there anything else? Mitch, any final comments? No, I'm I'm pleased with uh, with the feedback we've gotten, uh, and we'll be meeting uh, at least once, uh, sometime beginning next week. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to that conversation, and we'll see what mm -hmm. amendments we make to the current document. And it comes before the uh, board of directors on uh, October 22nd. So. Mm -hmm. That'll be that'll be a, a meeting that those of you who have a particular interest in this mm. issue will certainly want to uh, to uh, listen in on. And that'll be here on ACB Media Six on the twenty second. All right, thank you everyone for joining us this evening, and uh, we are ready to close.